Gone Wad. This is episode 246 featuring Brianna Battles. We recorded this episode in Venice in our lovely VRBO living room that you have all heard so much about by now. Uh, Brianna has worked in the strength, conditioning, and wellness industry for 10 years, and her specialty is coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes. She presents at state and national conferences, leads seminars, and has created two online educational courses for both athletes and coaching professionals, which you'll hear a little bit about in this interview. We also chat with Brianna about her own experience with her pregnancy and postpartum fitness journeys. She has two kids, and we talk about the differences between her first pregnancy when she really didn't have too many resources or support, and then her second pregnancy and birth uh, experience when she went into it with a lot more education and a lot more resources, and that she is just really passionate about creating an environment where women always feel that they have the resources that they need to have both a healthy and supported pregnancy and also a birth and postpartum period. So we're really excited to talk to Brianna and we hope you love this interview. Why don't you get us kicked off? Kicked us, kick us off? Because I'm going to just relax here in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Venice series. Yes. Where we just get to lay on the couch and record with really fun people. Yeah. Okay. So the first question I'm going to ask you, and I'm sure you get this all the time, is it Brianna or Brianna? Brianna. Okay. I have a stepsister named Brianna, or had a stepsister named Brianna, and she like got so mad. Oh, really? Yeah. I would always think it's Brianna. I agree, Brianna. but I just want to check okay. because I know right. Brianna. All right. All right. Or Brie. Okay. A lot of people end up just, calling me Brie. Okay. Fair enough. Welcome, Brie. Thank you. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you do and how do you get into it? Yeah, how you got I mean, into it. <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. Um, I am a women's strength and conditioning coach and I specialize in coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes as well as coaches who want to know how to work with this population. Mm -hmm. And I got into that. Um, I've been in the fitness industry for 10 years, but it wasn't until after having my son, Cade, who's now four years old, that I realized that there was just a significant amount of misinformation and not a lot of guidance for um, women navigating pregnancy and postpartum in a way that took into account the whole woman and not just that particular chapter of their life. Mm -hmm. So everything from their core and pelvic health to their mental health to their long-term performance. Because um, my focus during pregnancy was just like, I'm just going to train and like have this, um, you know, do what I've always done, just listen to my body. But that ended up not being good enough guidance. And at that time, there was nobody in my circle that was giving, um, you know, long-term guidance on that chapter. So be who you needed. Um, and it was a long route of getting help and guidance and further education, but I did. And so now I'm, I've, shifted my focus within the fitness industry to really work on helping athletes and then work with coaches so that more um, athletes have guidance from, you know, the coaches in their community. Mm -hmm. um, so when you say that it, as you're going through the process, it just listening to your body ended up not being enough. What, like, what was that experience like where you realized I'm not getting the guidance that I need. Just listening to my body is not doing it for me. I need something else. Like, did you have a specific experience? Did you just kind of feel like you were in the dark? Yeah. So it was like during pregnancy, I felt fine. And I think that's the thing for athletes is, you know, we're really conditioned to um, not necessarily just pushing through, but feeling we have our foundation is really strong. And so when we don't... Can I pause you for a second? What yes. did you do growing up for 
sports? Uh, water polo. Okay. And swimming. Holy Shut crap. Up. Yeah. That is like hard. Water polo is it's like the hardest word I could think thing. of. Yeah. It, is it as hard as I, I cannot When I see somebody like, playing water polo, all I can think of is like playing in the pool with my older brothers and just having them hold my head underwater. Right. That's exactly. basically it. It's the uh. Yeah. How did you get into that? Um, I know I just grew up swimming like from age five on okay till forever did you grow up in california yes okay so it's like a california thing for sure um and so yeah i i played water polo and then played in college and then coached college water polo for oh my god quite a while so So you grew up swimming and then but i'm curious if like one day you were just like i'm gonna try water polo yeah because water polo gave swimming like a point you know like, because swimming, you you're just mean? going back and forth, back and forth. Oh, and water polo, there's like scoring and opponents. It, it. And like, okay. yeah. you can fuel your competitiveness okay. in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I played inner tube water polo in college. Does that count? <laughs> and yeah. that is really fun. It was so <laughs> fun. I scored a point once. <laughs> One time. Were you sober? Oh, yeah. Are oh. you kidding? I would have drowned. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that just sounds like a drinking game. It, I mean, let's be honest. It was it college intramurals. <laughs> yeah. I was sober because I wasn't worried about drowning. It was like kickball with a keg, but yeah. in the water. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's my claim to fame when it comes to water polo. <laughs> I once I scored like a point in an inner two water polo game. We'll take it, girl. <laughs> oh my We'll God. take it. Okay. Okay. So you grew up as a swimmer, water polo, and yeah. coached water polo too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all Great. the things that go with that. Just all those things. Yeah. And so when you're an athlete, so you that's have that a huge, base. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the base, but it's also like part of your identity. Totally. And I think when you, when people who've identified as athletes their whole life, mm-hmm. then get pregnant and then navigate postpartum, they're sort of relying on this default identity and default, um, you know, base of understanding their body. But no one tells you a lot of the considerations about pregnancy and postpartum and the recovery process and what that, like what the effect that has on your body. And that's where I felt really misguided was it was just like, look how awesome these women are for back squatting X amount of weight. At like three pre- weeks postpartum. Totally. Yeah. Or even or like pregnant. when they're pregnant. Yeah. And like there was just like this glorification yeah. rather than actual guidance. Totally. And like long-term considerations for those choices. And right. so because I felt so duped as someone who's like educated and experienced working not just with my body, but with, with so many different women, mm-hmm. um, I was like, why was there no guidance? Right. That it's when not just so like many women are navigating this. Right. And when it's like just you, the things you see on social media or wherever, it's like do as much as you possibly can. Right. Be excited that you're still PRing or whatever. Be excited that you're still kipping, that you're still doing whatever. And right. it's like, but no, I see what you're Yeah. The, yeah. No, so, like holistic. Yeah, and, and then it becomes like this like social media education where yeah. it's like, well, maybe we see this outlier of a woman who's able to do X, Y, or Z. Right. But that is not the precedent that is appropriate for the majority of um, athletes. Mm-hmm. And these are people with really strong foundations, but um, I come back to just because you can doesn't always mean that you should. Yeah. And what are the implications that has on your core, on your pelvic health? And like, why are you wanting to do that? Like, let's explore your mindset in a different way. So, yeah. um, and that's what I needed as an athlete and as a coach. And that's what I'm trying to do with um, the people that I get to coach now. And that's the kind of education I'm trying to communicate to the coaches and practitioners that I work with. And so you've had two pregnancies. And so this kind of all kind of came up during your first pregnancy. 
<clears throat> and is your educational background in, have, uh, were you a coach before this too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so you're like exercise science. Yeah. yeah. My master's is in coaching. Yeah. And okay. so, um, so you definitely saw a gap in services as, as you were going through this yourself. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. much. Okay. And it was enough to, to make me pretty upset yeah. at, yeah. uh, you know, just navigating postpartum was so hard. Like mm-hmm. not just the transition of motherhood, but then figuring out like, what's up with my body? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and at the time, literally nobody knew what diastasis recti was. And now it's become popular because people just think, oh my God, my abs. But right. like, there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. And like, we see such an incidence in, you know, the athletic mom community who that are peeing during double unders that are having a really hard time making a return to the kind of performance and activities that they want to do because they feel like, oh my gosh, my body, mm. um, what like what is this hit that just happened? And the focus is on getting their body back rather mm. than healing their body and then progressive progressing really intelligently and with like, um, I don't know, and like with deliberate right. intentionally, mm-hmm. yeah. So what did you? What did you personally do differently in your first pregnancy than your second pregnancy? Like f- just physically, like literally everything. <laughs> Great, like everything, and you know because having um, my second baby, who's now six months old, Chance, um, he's a miracle baby in it in 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 himself. Um, because I didn't think that I could want to or. Um, I just, I guess I didn't think that I could really pursue being pregnant again, being postpartum again, not knowing what that would do to my body. Um, it was just like a lot of fear of the unknown, but I also knew that my family in my heart, I I knew that my family wasn't complete and that I wanted to have another child, but it just, it took like a lot of bravery and courage to even consider that. Yeah. So, so you had a pretty traumatic first birth experience. You, mm -hmm. can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, you know, I, I guess I I was very much in the mindset of I want a natural childbirth. I will do. I was made for this. I am prepared. Right. I am blah blah blah. I have like, pursued and like I bought into that messaging so hard because it was like, oh, yeah. that's what's healthiest and that's I, what's that, best. It drives me a little bit crazy. All that messaging around like your body knows what it's doing. Like you were made for this because like on the one hand, yes, it's very empowering. You want to go into birth thinking like I can do this. But on the other hand, I do think that it sets you up for feeling shame, a lot of shame if something, ha- you know, if then you need any kind of medical inter- intervention, yep. let alone, you know, end up down the road of every possible medical intervention you can think of. And there's such a huge spectrum. Like I had a yeah similar thing where I was like, I can do this. I crossfitted till I was 37 right. weeks. Like my body's made for this. And then like just no dilation ever. Yeah. It was like I – it took me probably a good like year or more to get over like just the feeling of like my body was supposed to know what to do and it didn't. Totally. And yeah. that – but that is also the message that's promoted. Totally. Especially in an athletic health-minded community. Yes. And it's, it is devastating for so many women that reach out to me because even if they're told – by their midwife or doula or doctor or spouse, like, right. oh, it's fine. Like, you did your best. It doesn't matter. It's because of all the messaging right. that preceded that. And then feeling like my body failed me or this mm-hmm. wasn't what was best or healthiest for my baby. Even right. though we can rationalize and say, well, my baby's healthy. He or yeah. she is here, blah, blah, blah. It still doesn't cancel out the mindset that we had established going right. into pregnancy or or planning our birth or what we thought our postpartum recovery would be like. And any athlete is very like, 
They want to have a plan. They want to know what to expect and what to do. They want a game plan. And right. when game plan goes out the door, that is humbling and it, it sucks. Yeah, it hurts. It's like they want to do pregnancy right. Right. Well, like, and what does that even mean though, way. right? Yeah. What does that mean? And also you can't always predict the way it's going to go. You like never can predict the way it's going to go. That well, is lesson number one in motherhood, which is why it's so funny. Like yeah. start with day zero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. Well, and I think like anything, any, any big experience you go into, whatever it is, you want to have a plan and you want, and you want to psych yourself up. You want to think like, I can do this. This is going to be great. Right. And then no matter what that, that even if it's, you know, a job interview or something, you know, and it's like you, you have this vision of how it's going to go and then it goes differently. Now apply that to one of the most transformative experiences of your life. That's like deeply, deeply emotional, deeply, deeply physical, like really one of the most intense physical and emotional experiences that a human can have. And now there's disappointment around that right. and shame around that. And it's like that is just hits goes so deep into your core. Right. And, you know, I think and my goal and the message I try to really put out there is like I want to set women up and not set them back. And that goes for mentally, like their mindset about how they're navigating pregnancy and navigating delivery and navigating postpartum. And also like they're just their body and their athleticism and what like just because you can maybe do this now, I'd rather have you be doing this a year from right now um, so that we we are setting them up to not feel so like, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have done this differently. Oh, I wish I would have maybe thought about that or considered that or like do the risk versus the reward because so many, so many of the athletes I work with are just like, why is this not talked about or why is this not common knowledge? And that, and this is a variety of topics that, you know, female athletes are experiencing when they decide to become moms. So, yeah. and I think like, I know that you have, so as you know, we like ha, um, have a pretty good relationship with um, Lindsay Matthews and BirthFit and, that, and I know you have some similarities and some differences from the way that they approach this. But one of the big similarities that I love that I think should just be applied in general to our lives is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I think that that should really apply to every athlete out there, whether or not you're pregnant. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should Just because you can physically do something doesn't mean that it's the right choice for you in this moment. Doesn't mean that it's setting you up for something bigger and, you know, doesn't, or setting you up for what you, where you really want to be. Doesn't mean that like, I don't know, like that's the biggest thing is when I got pregnant and people immediately started asking me like, oh, I'm pregnant. What do I do? And I was like, oh, like, does it feel good? Does it feel like you know, my kind of, the only thing that I went off of exactly like you was like, what's my body telling me? And it was like, well, as I just kept doing things until they felt bad. So like I kept doing burpees until I felt like I was laying on my uterus. Like I kept doing, you know, toes to bar. Well, I didn't keep doing toes to bar because I can't do toes to bar. But like I kept doing sit-ups until my belly got so big that it couldn't fit between my knees. <clears throat> you know, I kept doing those things just because it was like, I just can. And it never right. occurred to me. And I'm lucky that I didn't end up getting any injuries from that um but like I'm two and a half years postpartum and like still have a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction like and really truly despite being very informed truly don't really know how to deal like how to practically approach that subject with other people of like how do you because it's so different for every person like how do you tell someone like okay here's what you're looking for so it's so nice to just have that that thought process of like okay, let's just take a step back. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. What's your bigger picture here? And this is a great time. And we try to do this a lot in general of like, 
with every single athlete, what's your long-term goal? Like, do you want to be 90 years old and able to get up, you know, get out of the bathtub by yourself rather than are you trying to fit in a bikini in two weeks? Like your choices are going to be very different based on what you're thinking of. And I think that's a similar thing of like, well, I want to be, I want to get the best time in this workout in this moment. Okay. But you also don't want to have to like go have diastasis repair surgery two years from now. So like, which one would you rather do? Well, I think most importantly, that messaging was not around. Totally. Um, Definitely wasn't around when I was pregnant. And I'm very familiar with all of the messaging that was Mm -hmm. around during that time. Yeah. Another thing that I think is acts as a really great guideline is evidence. Yeah. (laughs) Like I run an evidence-based business Mm -hmm. and I collaborate with people that value evidence and value hands-on creativity yeah that's huge and those Mm -hmm. are the people that i want to learn from and the people that i want to collaborate with Mm -hmm. um because because you're right listening to your body isn't enough and i'm sorry that you didn't know Mm -hmm. to like maybe not do those things and i'm sorry that you're two years postpartum and still navigating pelvic floor dysfunction Mm -hmm. and after this i would love to work with you and try to troubleshoot you right now here because there's no reason you shouldn't have had the guidance mm-hmm. that you really needed. And that is what I want to say to every single woman yeah. who's had a baby and is also wanting to pursue being fit and athletic and strong. Not now, yeah. not just now, but like you're saying, when you're 90. Right. Um, yeah. Because we live in the United States. We are privileged to have access to so many resources. We are privileged to be able to use our body intelligently. Mm-hmm. We have all these resources at our fingertips. But a lot of the times it's like that is not a fun and popular message. Right. Um, we'd much rather see, look how badass this woman is. Totally. When she yeah. is X amount of weeks pregnant or look how flat her stomach is at X amount of weeks postpartum. Yeah. And those things are insignificant compared to you being an example right in front of me of somebody who's two years postpartum and you're still navigating something that you know maybe we can address right here in this moment right and it shouldn't have taken two years for you to get that help Mm -hmm. and that's what's so hard for me to see in our fitness culture and our like crossfit mom culture is the like there's just a lot of disregard for core and pelvic health yeah. And the options that surround how can we potentially train during pregnancy to, to reduce symptoms and to reduce the severity of something like diastasis or incontinence or prolapse. Mm-hmm. How can we reduce the, that potential during pregnancy? And then how do we reintegrate postpartum as a way to heal, even if we're not, uh, even if we're not symptomatic? How do mm-hmm. we heal so that we are not creating a dysfunction postpartum? Because that's yeah. what I see too is, oh, well, I... I like took six weeks off and I started slow. I listened to my body and I went back to CrossFit and then six months postpartum, year postpartum, they are injured. Yeah, sure. And that, and then rinse and repeat because they get pregnant again and they're peeing during double unders or on the platform yeah. or they have a core that they say they don't feel like connected to. It's crazy. And there's like, not a lot of help or a lot of, not a lot of help that's being um, provided in gyms. Yeah, and it's great like, As someone who is, I think, very aware of what's out there, I think the other thing, too, that is interesting from my perspective is, like, 
even though I feel very educated and I'm, you know, I've seen a pelvic floor physical therapist, like I feel like I'm very aware of the resources that are out there still just in my mind, it's not a priority because it's like, if this happens to everyone, I'm probably going to have another kid. Like I'll just, you mean continuing to work? I mean, like healing from, or that. healing from that or, yeah. you know, it's like, well, everyone pees when they double under a little bit. If they, like, that's just like, that's so just not the way a priority it is. and you're more or less looking at it like, oh, this is just a thing I have to live with. Right. Even in the position that Even I'm in, like you, being yeah. as educated right. as I am, knowing that it's not, this doesn't need to be the reality, you know, having the resources that I have, you know, even having gone through some of the trainings that I have, even so I'm like, meh. Right. But if we are emphasizing long-term women's health and long-term athleticism, we can't disregard this. Oh, totally. Like not not you, just in general as a mom culture, as a fitness culture Mm -hmm. in our medical professions. um, It's a huge gap here in the United States with what is deemed normal and acceptable. Because if your shoulder was like killing you every single time you hung from the bar, you'd probably go and get that assessed and looked at Mm -hmm. and then try to rehab it and then um, you know, progress from there. And so it is like, it is trying to make it a priority so that we can look at, well, if I'm symptomatic now, what can I do before getting pregnant again so that I reduce my symptoms and reduce my chance for it getting worse after mm-hmm. my second child or leading to something else? Right. Um, you know, cause there's so many women's health and pelvic health issues that get totally disregarded that are taboo to talk about yeah. in this athlete mom community. Cause you say vagina and people are like, Rrr. Yeah, let's not. Well, and I think too, like it's just in general in our culture, it's very taboo. Everything right. around pregnancy and postpartum, like, and I think that you know it's this kind of catch twenty two of like, well, you don't want to be. I don't want to say treated differently, but it's like you don't want somebody to treat you like you're injured just because you're pregnant. Totally. So then you swing to the other side of the, of the pendulum and are like, well, in that case, just treat me like as if I weren't pregnant. Right. It's like, well, there has to be middle ground. Like you don't have to, you know, be wrapped in bubble wrap, right. but you also can't just be continuing on like you would every single day. Right. And I like to say like, you know, women, pregnant women are not um, fragile, but they're not invincible. Mm-hmm. And, and the same with postpartum. Mm-hmm. Like there's this, this idea that once a baby comes out, well, we're in good to go now. But you're right. still, you are still uh, vulnerable mm-hmm. in both chapters. Yeah. And then if you add breastfeeding and the hormones and just the just the gradual changes that occur um, during pregnancy and postpartum, like we have to know that this is a different chapter in our athleticism, and mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of considerations within that chapter that we need to honor so that we are setting ourselves up as women and as athletes long-term okay so let's go back to my original question like a million years ago about uh-huh. <laughs> your first birth experience oh uh, yeah and um yeah kind of you know how you approach your pregnancy and then your actual birth and how that affected you yeah so um again i was really like in the mindset and methodology of like natural and best and healthiest um and so i wanted an unmedicated birth And after a really long labor and not dilating past seven centimeters, um, I ended up having an emergency C-section, baby heart rate crash, blah, blah, blah. And so I was in labor for a really long time. Um, And, you know, at that, I just remember like the doctor saying, if we don't get him out right now, you or the baby will not make it. And I just was like, it was this double-edged sword of feeling like, my body sucks, like I am failing, and but now I'm terrified about my baby and myself. And it was just a really stressful um, Like that's maybe experience. the most intense thing anyone could ever say to you. Right. 
And like, you know, my mom was in there, my husband was in there, and and then there was just so many doctors and nurses around, and it's just like, how did this go so far to the other side? And I did everything right. Mm -hmm. And I did everything to set myself up. And I'm gonna look like so stupid when I was basically saying like, this is my birth plan. And then like, (laughs) okay, like, let's take a hard left here. When did the birth plan become a thing? Pretty recently, I think. And I think that it's (laughs) like, like well, and I, it's ironic. And I, yeah. And I think that it's like, it can kind of go both ways. Like I think on on one hand, if you, for women who go into a birth experience with no idea what they want, that can also be problematic because then you just like feel very powerless or can feel very powerless. But on the other hand, if you go into it being like, this is the plan and you can't like be, or, and it's hard for you to feel flexible. And it all comes back to the mindset of like, let's know, like we can have informed decisions and you can have, um, outline what you hope to happen but you also have to let go and know that like birth is a total x factor and there are only (laughs) some things that we can control Mm -hmm. and everything else we just have to trust the team that's around us and and just pray that our baby and and we make it out of the whole thing okay so that's what i wish like i feel like my mindset was not set up in a way that was like ever going to be really accepting of of um that kind of significant reroute of the direction I had hoped for. Um, So after the emergency C-section, you know, recovery was, was pretty brutal because I felt like I had like all the births in one, uh, you know, not only did you go through like having me in labor forever, then you also ended up with a major abdominal surgery. Right. So it was, so that was pretty significant. And then, um, but you know, like to reclaim my (laughs) like, experience I wanted to try to make postpartum like I wanted to own that you know um you wanted to make up for your birth by like totally postpartum totally because I had this awesome glorified get all the likes and try to get whatever on Instagram and um and totally crushing the game and then and then crushed but then got crushed in birth and then like well I try to like reclaim this experience and but then breastfeeding was really hard and then you know like as I and I tried I just became really obsessive about um wanting to kind of get back to like looking and feeling like myself again and that turned into like a pretty unhealthy um perspective about my body and and all-encompassing motherhood it was also a way to um I tried to like out train my mental health and like made while like exercise is a great outlet it cannot be the outlet Um, it just has to complement it. And, um, and it was just like the messaging that I was using about my body and like that process was just so, it was so harmful for me and for anybody reading that. Um, and so as I guess- Like the platform you were putting out on, on your social media. Yeah. What do you mean when you say you were out training your mental health? Like I was really anxious and I was still pretty traumatized from birth and I- didn't know I had postpartum depression at the time. Um, I just knew that like, I just, it was an outlet, but it was my only outlet. Mm -hmm. And I should have gone to therapy. I should have like sought out help because I didn't realize that like I was channeling all of that into just this one form and then making that an unhealthy obsession when exercise, exercise should complement your health and it shouldn't, um, 
it shouldn't just be your only option for feeling good about yourself. I really like that you're for, saying that. And um, I've never heard someone articulate it that way of like, it should complement your health. It, it should. It shouldn't be your, be your health. So I think a lot of people, because when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a really good point. It's like back to the buckets. I swear, Cherie's bucket quote oh is gosh. like the only thing that ever makes sense to me now. <laughs> um, it just basically like all the parts of ourselves, like we have right. to kind of fill all the parts of ourselves and not focus on one thing. And when you said that it should complement our health, I'm like, yeah, that's very true. Like I like having exercise as an outlet, but what you're saying too is like how it can go wrong and how right. that can well, be the because only then thing. What happens- Turning it into an obsession, right. but also just recognizing that you're actually doing something healthy, but not really paying attention to what's really going on. Right. The why. Yeah. Like, why am I wanting to do this? Why different am I from so a, obsessed? Different from obsessing about exercise, but more or less kind of using it to push something else away that maybe you were like, oh, actually, this is what's going on and I need to really right. pay attention to this. Well, and we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, we see, like, that be the focus of totally. w- women and their bodies after having a baby. Mm-hmm and um like how quick can you get back to your pr and and right and like let's and like that like that is what is shared Mm -hmm. and acknowledged and not like hey i have pelvic organ prolapse and i'm trying to help my vagina rehab again and i'm in physical therapy and i'm trying to make really wise modifications to crossfit because i still love crossfit like that is so many women and those women are not talked about Mm -hmm. and these things are not talked about but that is there are so many young, athletic, fit women that are navigating a changed body that is of so much more significance than what their stomach looks like. Right. And I think that's the other thing is that like until you go through it, you can have you really can't know what you're going to feel like postpartum. Like you're you can't know what it feels like to try to activate your core and just have nothing happen. Right. Or, or even know what it means to activate your core. Yeah. Or because like, that's not really talked about either. Right. Or like to have that moment, like, you know, a couple days after birth where you look down and you're like, this is just like a bowl of jello. Like yeah. there's nothing I feel, you know. Right. It's just like you're pushing your hand into like marshmallow. Right. And you can't, you know, just like you said, like with everything with being a new mom, you can't describe it to someone until they've gone through it. Right. But for, I think within that same vein, like, (coughs) so you can't know what to expect when you're training. And so the focus then just becomes like, and we talk about this all the time, like just the before and after photo, or it just becomes like, well, I'm just going to get my body back, quote unquote. But what that means, like, and we've talked about, you know, with multiple people, like there's no such thing as getting your body back. Like your body has been through a a ridiculous transformation. You're never going to have your prenatal body back no matter what and that was also a, a term probably coined by the uh magazine culture what your pre-baby like, yeah get yeah, your body the back fitness culture is yeah. like well, or yeah. the fitness magazines or whatever right. i got my body back how i yeah. got my body the back celebrities in, that got their body back weeks. and this is how they did right. it and, and then it just kind of took off if we are a performance-based culture too if i'm yeah. working with athlete moms like i need to make sure as a coach and i want my peers to feel like they have their function back too mm-hmm. Because yeah, maybe your your skin has changed and maybe your shape has changed, but let's make sure that we can do what we can within your anatomy to get you to be as strong and as functional yeah. as you are able to be with the body that you currently have. Mm-hmm. And that part gets really overlooked. And, um, and, and I think that's where we can do a lot of work um, because to kind of circle back to my postpartum recovery after mm-hmm. my first, like... 
nobody knew what diastasis recti was. Nobody in the CrossFit community. And I was highly connected with so many different coaches and people and organizations. And I was like, you know, going down the rabbit hole of Google and researching and, Mm -hmm. um, and like ended up sort of self-diagnosing and then going to so many different practitioners in my community, spending thousands and thousands of dollars trying to understand what was up with my body. And like, why did my stomach feel like this? And I have diastasis. Now, what do I do about that? Mm -hmm. And it was literally a year and a half of seeking answers. And then, you know, I met Julie Weeb and she really helped me navigate it from um, an athlete perspective too, where it wasn't like, do these, you know, like lay on your side and leg raises. Yeah. Like breathe. And like, I don't know. And while there's a a place for certain rehabilitative movements, there's also a place for meeting somebody where they are Mm -hmm. and where they want to be. And that what that's a huge missing link in our community. And that's what I've really tried to pay forward in, in my coaching and what I've learned from her through my own rehab experience, then ended up mentoring with her um, to be able to speak to athlete moms that you know are trying to heal their diastasis because it's very rarely something we actually need surgery for Mm -hmm. you know it's not the incidence of that need is not super high Mm -hmm. and same with incontinence same with prolapse same with pelvic pain like there's so many things we can do um even as coaches if we're able to collaborate with a pelvic floor pt Mm -hmm. um that can help women return to the kind of the level of of training and competition that they want and I'm really fortunate to get to work with a lot of high level athletes. And if they're seeking out this guidance from me and the coaches I work with, um, I hope that that sends a message to the greater community that like, look, if these high level athletes aren't just going off of, I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to do what I've always done. And, you know, like, I hope that that translates to, you know, you're very like average woman like myself, who's like, you know, at CrossFit, trying to have a healthy pregnancy and make like a healthy return postpartum as a part of her self-care and health and fitness and whatever. Yeah. Um, Aside from the get your body back, what are some other misconceptions women have? Um, Maybe when they come to you, they're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to be doing that. Or what are some common themes of things that you're really having to teach women specifically um, when they're training maybe postpartum? So when they're training postpartum, I think it's bringing awareness to this is what diastasis recti is. Leaking when you exercise or sneeze or jump or whatever is like not like normal. And there's really a lot of help for that. Um, Or I should say it's common. It's not normal. Um, Pelvic organ prolapse. What is that? Um, What is that? Yeah, what is that? Okay, so (laughs) that is like... pushed a human out of my body. I still have no idea. Yeah, so... (laughs) It's totally fair, but you know, and this is something um, that I hope. So, okay, so it's the downward um, descent of your pelvic organs. So, it can be your cervix, your uterus, rectum, urethra, um, where they sort of collapse after having a baby. And so, there are women who have sent me a message on Instagram saying, uh, Hi, I see my cervix hanging out of my vagina, and I don't know why. Or I did this back squat, or I was doing double unders, or I was doing this, or doing that. And birth, of course, has so much to do with this. Like, it's never like, I never want to put blame on a woman for, well, I did this, and then this happened, you know, because correlation is not always causation. But, like, if I can bring some awareness of, like, hey, pelvic organ prolapse is a thing, 
Mm-hmm. And it's something that does happen. We, we, I think oftentimes it's looked at like, well, that's just something that happens to your 80-year-old grandma. Um, yeah. But it's not. It's happening to our peers. Young women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, after having babies. And um, do you hear about that on social media? Do you? <laughs> no? Nope. I can guarantee there's somebody at your CrossFit gym who's navigating that injury who mm-hmm. probably is too embarrassed to talk to her coach about it. Um and needs some guidance. Mm-hmm. And should that woman be doing X, Y, and Z exercise? Right. I don't know. Does she have a strategy to do it that's going to help um, keep keep her symptoms managed? I hope. But right. does she really have that resource? Because if if I didn't know about that four years ago, if you guys didn't know about that, right? How is she going to get those resources? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the work that I'm really trying to do with the reach that I have and why I want more coaches out there who are like, who are preaching evidence, who are collaborating with people mm-hmm. that do specialize in pelvic health. Cause yeah. I'm a strength conditioning coach. I'm not supposed to know all the things about vaginas, right? but I better know somebody who does. Mm-hmm. So that when you come to me with, Hey, like I am pretty sure I'm symptomatic. I have really painful sex. I feel like a tampon's falling out. There's a lot of pressure blah, 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 I as a coach can connect those dots and say, okay, like that sounds like you're symptomatic of pelvic floor dysfunction, potentially prolapse. Mm -hmm. Please go see this person, this pelvic health physical therapist. So then I can help you and maybe I can collaborate with your CrossFit coach too to know like maybe you shouldn't be doing a lot of overhead movements. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to hold off on impact for a while until you have a strategy that can support your pelvic organs. Um, what are some things that you see if people are listening to this? Because I think that one of the other just barriers out there is not knowing what's normal, and what's not normal and thinking like, well, now that everything has just feels like it's gotten shit down there. The fact that I, you know, feel like a tampon's falling out all the time or whatever, like maybe that's just how everyone feels. Maybe that is just normal and you know, right. Well, this are, is where come like listening to your body yeah. is we can't just accept something that doesn't feel right as mm-hmm. normal. Like that is worth pursuing a second opinion whatever that thing is yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely yet we're like again conditioned to like i am strong i am woman i am made to do this this must all be just part of the process yeah Yeah. and we press on thinking like it's fine it's fine mental health physical health whatever i just need to push through and you just need to push through because when you're talking about that i'm thinking um if i was going through that I, there's no way I would go up to a coach and say that. Totally. <laughs> no. So I'd be like, can you imagine going so up to ha- like any, no. <laughs> no. So, so when you have a relationship with someone that knows that, of course, like if I had a relationship with you and you were my coach right. and I was going through that, I'd be like, well, Brianna knows about this. So I'm going to talk to her about it. But so for women who are listening who are like, oh my gosh, I'm going through this. Like, how yeah. would they navigate that? How do you suggest they navigate getting the help or at least recognizing it? And who do they talk to about it? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, like you're I, probably not going to go up to your like, you know, 22 year old meathead, totally. cross the coach and be like, right. I can see my cervix. When I, like, <laughs> right. Well, I have my coaches um, that are working in CrossFit gyms and wherever all over the world. They have a questionnaire that says, mm-hmm. when uh, are you pregnant? Are you postpartum? When are when did you have your babies? Was it vaginal delivery? Was it a C-section delivery? Do you have incontinence? Do you have pain with sex? It's part of a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And so I think that can be a really proactive thing that we can do to take that awkward conversation right off the table. Yeah. Right. Like because if I'm asking ask, you about a right. hip injury, yeah. I should also, also be able to know about um, 
like what your deliveries were like. Mm -hmm. So there's a consideration there, at least a general awareness as a coach, um, from like a liability perspective. Like if I'm having somebody come into my gym at four weeks postpartum and throw in a barbell on them, or if I'm having a woman rope climb when she's pregnant because she's listening to her body, like that puts me in a terrible place as a gym owner and as a coach Mm -hmm. and we should have the know-how and like the courage (laughs) to be able to say hey you know what like that's not something i can really endorse and support as your coach for liability reasons and because i'm looking out for the greater good Mm -hmm. um period Mm -hmm. so i think that's something to consider i also think that women have to be their own advocates Mm -hmm. because unfortunately there's there's a lot of like um there's a lot of talk of like, well, welcome to motherhood. This is just what it's like. And I'm like, oh, stop. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not it's what it's not like. True. You can yeah. be a freaking amazing athlete yeah. and be a mom. And you can have a body you're really proud of for a thousand different reasons. Mm-hmm. Still be a mom. Um, so if we are not our own advocates, we're just going to kind of buy into this messaging that like, this is normal. This is fine. It's okay. My belly button looks weird. Or it's okay that, um, you know, I feel like a tampon's falling out. Or it's okay that I'm peeing every time I do double unders. And that's what our culture tells us too, especially in like this athletic culture. Um, So if we, if we can look at our pregnant and postpartum health as something that that should be as valued as any like orthopedic symptom or injury, I think we could really change the conversation. And if I had that shoulder injury that was really bugging me, I would go to a physical therapist and I'd be like, can you give me some like maybe exercises to do or some kind of treatment plan or I'm gonna see you for six weeks so that I can just have this guidance and check in and, and see if I'm getting better. Like what's my range of motion like? How can I handle this task now with new strategies? And it has to be the same for women. Like it really shouldn't be this weird thing. And it's not in other places, but here it is because um, we're just pressing on. Um, and so I think I think we have to be our own advocate in that capacity. It's like there are pelvic health physical therapists that want to help. They do want to collaborate. They do want to learn. And I have more and more coaches getting into communities that are also that person. I call, we call ourselves like the first line of defense because women don't think of going to their doctor necessarily other than to get cleared. They don't think of going to a pelvic health physical therapist. They just are like, I got to get my body back and I'm going to go see my coach or my personal trainer. And so if my athlete or client comes back to me, then I already know based on her having a baby, based on vaginal delivery, C-section, this, that, that, all these considerations, I'm already knowing what I'm looking out for. And then I can know when to refer and I can know how to help guide and progress accordingly. If she has this symptom, okay, she's not ready for that exercise yet. Or if she has this symptom, I'm going to try a couple different strategies with her core and pelvic health, how to recruit, how to under recruit, um, how she feels in that movement Mm -hmm. by changing the little things that will hopefully have a really big impact on how she progresses and heals long-term. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, Again, circling back to the questions <laughs> we just keep branching off of. Yeah. So, okay, so you are postpartum, you're overcompensating with exercise, you're you have postpartum depression, but you're you haven't really re- realized it yet. Um where did you go from there? Um well, I did. So um so about a year and a half postpartum is when I met Julie. I was able to rehab. Um and that was like a big turning point was like finding that hope. And also being out of like, I feel like the first year postpartum is just like a really vulnerable time with breastfeeding, with like how 
high demand mom is in just in general with a baby. Um, so I felt like that was a really big turning point was between that year, year and a half mark for me. Um, and that's when I, I call it like my, like my, my second baby that I had was like growing my business was like, holy crap, like this should not have been so hard to navigate. I should have, I should have known better. I had all the tools. I had the background, I had the experience to know better and I didn't. And if I didn't know, she doesn't know. And she probably doesn't know either. And so um, I resigned. Uh, gosh, Kate was probably about a year-ish old when I resigned from my coaching job at, um, in collegiate athletics. And um, I was a stay-at-home mom for two weeks before I was like, you know, I need to not like be home all the time. <laughs> and I need friends and I'm lonely. And so I started a um, women's strength conditioning program mostly as a way to make friends and like it was like I'll just coach like a small group of women I can meet people and hang out and have it be like work to fit my schedule mm-hmm. um with this baby that I don't really know what how to handle <laughs> um <laughs> being a stay-at-home mom is so so hard hard so hard I think a lot of people like I um went back to work with after when Miles was about six months like you know, I know a lot of people will say like, oh, being a working, I mean, and don't get me wrong, being a working mom, also very hard. Totally. But being it's a stay-at-home mom is so hard in such a different way where you're just like, it's just relentless. Yes, totally. Totally is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, now I'm like a working at home, away from home, stay-at-home mom, all under all the, the same. <laughs> it's very awkward. Way. I don't really know what I'm doing, but it's fine. We're totally figuring out as I go. Um, okay, so... I don't remember what you were saying. So you um, started a small group strength and conditioning. So I started that to make friends and um, and it just started growing in my community. And I realized like, gosh, I better keep learning. And so I kept learning from Julie and then really expanding my education. Um, And what's Julie's background? She's a women's sports medicine physical therapist. Okay. Okay. And uh, she's like really pioneered a lot of the pelvic health conversation for athletes Mm -hmm. and core health. so I was able to work with a lot of women in my community, whether they were like really good athletes or just wanting to like lift up their kid without back pain. Mm-hmm. And so they became like my mini case studies. And that program has grown the past three years. And mm-hmm. um, I also run like a pregnancy and postpartum program so I can work like really specialized mm-hmm. um, a few times a year. It's like a six week program. And, um, for athletes or for coaches? Well, this one is for just like my community, like athletes in my community or women in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then from there I saw that need growing. I started putting out stuff online because I was getting so many inquiries and I just could not keep answering like the same email over and over and over. You know, you guys know how that goes. (laughs) Um, and like no one wants to read an FAQ page. It's so boring. So, um, I just like put out an online course for athletes that just sort of like was an all encompassing resource of like, what do I do? What do I not do? Mm -hmm. Like, which is never, it is never what people want to hear. So it's like these just, it's all encompassing considerations and strategy for navigating pregnancy and postpartum as an athlete. Mm -hmm. Well, then I started getting a lot of emails and questions like, hey, I really like your approach and what you're doing, but I'm a coach and I don't know what to do or I want to start something similar in my community. Do you have any suggestions? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, gosh, like where do I even start? Um, so with like a lot of trial and error and brainstorming and like losses and wins, I ended up creating a really huge um, like 42 hour um, online educational course for coaches. And I'm like, I'm so proud of that. I made it when I was pregnant with Chance and it was like crazy time. But (laughs) 
it's like nothing will motivate you like a growing baby in your stomach. <laughs> like, I need to finish this thing before this baby gets out. <laughs> My life's so about to get a lot this year. Yeah. So, it, so that was like some serious intrinsic motivation, but um, ended up launching that last May. And it's been awesome because now there's so many different coaches that are like, mm-hmm. I know how to help women mm-hmm. navigate their pregnancy and return to the gym postpartum with education and guidance and awareness of like this big picture athleticism and Mm -hmm. women's health and I can feel at peace knowing like well now the now these all these women like have somebody they have a person they have a resource Mm -hmm. and like be who you needed that is who I needed because the people that I was seeking out did not have my long-term health in uh consideration Mm -hmm with what was being guided for pregnancy and returning to the gym postpartum. And so, yeah, we have awesome coaches all over the world now that are doing good things in their community and putting out great stuff online. And it's been cool to see how they take to uh, putting this information out there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, from CrossFit to powerlifting to triathletes to runners to yogis, whatever, kettlebell, we kind of have a pretty wide reach um, mm-hmm. of information and and strategies for these athletes and women. So then going through your second pregnancy Mm -hmm. and into your second birth, I know that was a totally different experience for you. So can you kind of talk about your shift as you went into through that experience and, you know, kind of where you're at now? Yeah. So, um, again, like he's, he's sort of like my miracle baby, not because of conception, but because of the being able to go down that route again. Um, And so I really wanted, because it was such a brave decision for my family and my brain and my body, um, I just, I wanted to just own every part of it, like take it, like own it and just be appreciative of that choice, of my choice, of the um, gift of being able to have another child. and so with physical changes is my body and I, I carry really big babies. It's like what I do <laughs> at five foot two. I like to grow 10 pound babies. That's so awesome. um, I was just like, damn, here we go. You know, <laughs> just give it yeah. to an 18 month old. Yeah. So yeah, it's basically, <laughs> yeah, it's basically what happens when I see these newborn babies. I'm like, what? what like, like how did I give birth to seriously like a three-month-old right, um, you're five two yeah I feel like you're taller I like have a, a big personality I was like when we hugged I feel like we we're the same height that I'm five eight anyway it's fine I mean I wish so out there kind Love of yeah, yeah I am um big personality <laughs> do you yes. have heels on those Nikes no 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 I wish um I know I'm five so, two also I'm like oh right on (laughs) short sister yeah um so yeah I wanted to like own every part of the pregnancy whether it was like my physical changes and not knowing like what is this going to do to my diastasis because I had a really significant diastasis I'm not talking like the three fingers and separation that you guys see on social media that people are freaking out about I'm talking about like 10 finger separation 10 centimeter separation like my internal organs you know could have just gone out so knowing like I was pretty vulnerable for that again I was like gosh I don't know what this is going to mean for my body um and my brain and whatever so I just tried to take it in stride and like really set myself up with a supportive team like my physical therapist Mm -hmm. and um and just the environment uh within my coaching like my coaching peers and my clients and whatnot and so um and a therapist (laughs) right so I I really made sure to 
be practicing like really owning that and changing my mindset. And my doctor was awesome. And um, she really worked with me to figure out like the best, my best choices for my body and my considerations and my baby. And so I was able to, um, with her help, of course, and advocacy, change hospital policy in my community to be able to have a gentle cesarean. Mm. And so, um, a VBAC wasn't the right choice for, for me. And no, but knowing that I still wanted to have as much, like as much of a like present. Yeah. Like really be involved in the birth yeah. and not have it be so like done to you surgical, yeah. like whatever. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, and so she really advocated for me and we were able to change hospital policy to allow awesome. for skin to skin in the OR, a clear drape so I could see everything, which I know is not everybody's thing, but it's definitely mine. Um, <laughs> <Cool>. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Like you can't, when you have a 10 pound baby, you can't see over there. So you That's can't, fair. you can't see like everything, you can't but, see, um, like your organs. Yeah, no, no, couldn't see that. But my husband gave me a play by play. It's oh, fine. God. Um, <laughs> you're yeah. like, I want to see everything. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, so, so yeah, like, like can't see your feet. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So I ended up having like a really amazing supported, um, birth mm-hmm. in the OR and, um, was able to see chance brought out of me and immediately on my chest and I got to like nurse him in the OR and it was just such a dramatically different experience, mm-hmm. um, compared to my first where I just felt like traumatized and exhausted. Like I couldn't keep my eyes open and I didn't know where my baby was, um, you know, I got to spend like chance was with me nonstop mm-hmm. and they like it is app guard test on me. Like, so it was just, I felt really supported and it was such a healing experience to have gone through trauma and then sort of like reclaimed like my whole like moments of becoming a mom, like was reclaimed, mm-hmm. you know, it was like full circle where I have like so much empathy and love for the Brie of four years ago, who was like, just trying to like keep her head above water and like, and like process what my body had just been through and not even like I just couldn't keep my head above water and so being able to be like hell yeah not only have I kept my head above water but I'm like I am swimming scoring goals in birth water polo (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's just all water polo analogies in life okay um so yeah it was it was really cool and like and then it's also been like cool to hear about more women in my community that have been able to have gentle cesareans because it was like proven or whatever um that like hey this is a good option for some women when the circumstances like present themselves Mm -hmm. so that's been really nice too to know that that is now an option and it's not looked at as being like too risky or whatever like Obviously, sometimes it might be, but um, in my case, I was able to have the birth and the support that I was really hoping for, and I feel like that set me up so well for my postpartum recovery, mm-hmm. um, and breastfeeding was a lot better this time around, and and you just know differently, right. too, and I had a different, and, and honestly, my mindset was just so different. Mm-hmm. It was so adjusted and forgiving and... Um, again, really ownership in this postpartum chapter of like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to look like. I am supposed to look like I had a baby. Yes. Right. Like I am supposed to look like I am six months pregnant for the next couple months. Yeah. That is what I'm supposed to look like. And it is mm-hmm. crap when we are shown otherwise, because that is like the perfect angle and filter and stance and like, right. whatever. It is never like reality, but that is what is glorified on a thousand different accounts right. of like, I'm holding my precious child with my flat stomach. And yes. I'm like, no. It's not real life. Come on, Stop that's that not real now. life. Stop not real it life. right now. It everyone. is not real life. No. 
And I just had this conversation in one of the groups I run and it's like, that is, it is not reality. And I get to work with people who are literally paid to be athletes. Right. And like have a certain aesthetic look and body and whatever. Right. Like, and even they, are and not, even they right. still look like they had a baby. Like, let's, let's keep it real. Um, that's the other thing that drives me crazy is it's like, to your, like using the same analogy of like the orthopedic thing. Like if you broke your leg, like you look like you broke your leg, like you had a baby, like this right. is a huge body transformation. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we got to wrap up. Yeah. What is, uh, first of all, where can our listeners find you? And talk a little bit about the coaches um, program that you have coming up yeah. somewhat soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram. It's Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A dot battles, B-A-T-T-L-E-S. And yes, that is my real name. Um, <laughs> it's kind of intense sometimes. And then on <laughs> and then on Facebook, it's uh, Everyday Battles dash Brianna Battles. Um, and my website is BriannaBattles.com. And my coach's course will be relaunching in May with some just upgraded content and stuff. It's really cool. I've brought in like, I have probably 15 different professionals um, that are contributors to the program with their interviews and coming from all different specialties because, hey, I can't be an expert on everything, but I know a lot of different experts Mm -hmm. on a lot of different things. And it's pretty cool to be able to bring such wide expertise to the table. for guidance on yoga and kettlebells and physical therapy and blah, blah, blah. Things that like when it's out of my scope, I refer. And it's great to have those people, um, you know, provide this education for the course. So mm-hmm. upgraded content and just, you know, and and that course is a top-down approach to working with women, pregnant and postpartum athletes, because it's not just women looking to go back to the CrossFit games. It is like, if we can coach a CrossFit games athlete or somebody who's on the path to go to the Olympics again after having a baby, if we can coach that person, we sure as heck better be able to coach the mom who just wants to lift her stroller without her back pain and like sneezing without coughing. Like we need to be able to help that woman just as well as we can help somebody who has like really high level goals. So um, the more coaches we can get out there into the communities that can speak that language and understand the evidence and understand that evidence changes and that we have to be like really creative and critical in our thinking um, and our approach, the better off we're, I mean, just, we're helping so many different women. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's pretty awesome. What's, what's transpired. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, lastly, what is something that, uh, all the mamas out there can do to improve their health from your perspective? So they're listening to this and you're like, this is one of the top pieces of advice you want to give them know that there's help and hope um there is no matter what you're experiencing whether it is your body not feeling like it's your own whether that is in regard to how it looks or in regard to how it feels Mm -hmm. and same with your your mind and your emotions there is a lot of help to navigate all of the changes that come with this transitional chapter in our life transitions are never easy and we need to stop painting an easy picture of motherhood even when it is like I would I would I love my boys more than anything in this entire world like there's nothing like that but it is the hardest thing I've ever done and like we have to have that understanding and empathy for ourselves and for others knowing like there's a lot of help and resources Mm -hmm. um and things we can do to to feel supported and be supported um and I can recommend and refer as well as I can um, so that women don't feel alone 
in whatever it is they are experiencing. Mm-hmm. So we're never alone. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank that was you so guys. great. You're wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate being the work you a do. badass and just conquering the world. I really <laughs> didn't know your last name was For Real's Battles. That's For Real's Battles. <laughs> Very like for the real. mascara of you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, so fitting with the whole water polo thing. Great stage for coming name. out here. <laughs> thank you guys so much.